Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to H time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, baby. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Thursday to you. February is here. February 1st, Super Bowl month. One day closer. One day closer to getting on the uh, the Big Bird and headed to uh, headed to Vegas. Uh, we are excited. To be bringing you Radio Row next week, brought to you by Yingling Flight and the Low T Center. I am Sean Pendergast. He is Seth Payne. Good morning, my friend. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm trying to make that decision between getting uh, Southwest early check-in uh, versus, uh, you know, the it, Southwest, you used to be able to get a deal, like their version of first class, which is just that you're one of the first 15 on, yeah. so you get that. Southwest got some nice emergency exit roads. They, they there is do. no actual first class, but there's the, those huge emergency exit roads. Yeah, rows. do you go for yeah. the window seat that's behind the two-seater row so you can put your legs all the way out? You know where I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Southwest and Delta have the best uh, emergency exit configurations. They're the ones that, like, I honestly, on those, uh, there's some Delta flights where I prefer, there's a couple of their, I don't want to give away too many secrets, you know, yeah. to everybody out there. Yeah. There's a couple that are better than first class in terms of legroom. Really? Like way better than first class okay. in terms of legroom. Okay. Yeah. I think you're safe. I think most people have the option for first class. First of all, people aren't as tall as you, one. Yeah. Two, there's a lot of alcoholics there that like the free drinks in first class. Uh, so I don't know that you're good. I think giving away that secret, I don't know that you're. Uh, oh you no, but it, yeah, but no, the it's uh, no. There's a lot of it, because it's not that much more to get the emergency exit row like they, where you have an empty space next to you. Yeah, and everything. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why I worry. I'm not worried about people from first class coming back. Oh, okay. I'm worried about people. Oh, uh, I the, see. The, I'm not. I'm the worried riffraff. about the yeah the driveling scum yeah yeah, yep, yep, yeah yep. trying to trying to mingle with me in my emergency. I, I, no, I get you. I get you now. Um, yeah. I I think I got to check with our reservation going to Vegas. The one thing I do like to do, Amy and I do. We've started doing this the last few trips we've taken. We don't do the the Southwest equivalent of first class like you're talking about, where you pay. It's 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 actually a pretty decent chunk of change, but you get in you get put in A one through A fifteen. Yeah, so it's first like five hundred bucks extra. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. Um, we do pay the, I think it's 25 bucks a piece for them to automatically check us in. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have to like give myself a reminder five minutes before to go check in. We do do that. That's coming very handy. And then that way you kind of almost guarantee yourself like front of the B group, you know, which is usually for me, it always works into usually what happens to me is the, it guarantees 
Actually, the last time when we went to spring training, yeah. I was on a different flight than you guys. Yeah, I, I was very there was a there was a, a a woman who was kind of confused, and she asked me what seat she was like, where she was supposed to stand in line, and she's supposed to be behind me. And I told her that, but she went in front of me, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, no big deal. And then we got on, and uh, of course, like she was the last person. As as all of the window and aisle seats yep. in the emergency exit rows were filling up, she like she was. So no, there was one left, Sean. There was one left. Yeah, we're walking up, and one of the flight attendants, this cow, says to the old <laughs> this lady, this lady who was all of like four foot ten, yeah, didn't have a, a clue or a care in the world about anything about flying. The no, flight no. attendant says, "Ma'am, would you like this oh, last remaining God. emergency exit oh, row?" Oh my God. Which, by the way, there's no way in hell this lady was going to help out in an emergency. <laughs> and yet, like, what the hell? Yeah. And, and uh, you know what? It must have been the ball. It was the bulkhead, but it was a really big bulkhead. So it wasn't the, it wasn't the emergency exit row, but it was a really big bulkhead. Yeah. And, um, and the lady takes like 30 seconds to make the decision. And oh. she says, why, yes, I guess I will. Ah, Son of a... <laughs> that's, uh, I would say that's negligence just based on the small, small likelihood of an emergency. That it, No, it wasn't an emergency exit row. It oh, it wasn't. Okay, got right, you, yeah. got you. Oh, the bulkhead, you just Dykes, said that. Sorry about previously, that. Yeah. yeah, 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 I got you. I got. Well, I was fixated on the fact that she would take a four-foot-ten-inch woman and put her in that seat instead of you in an emergency. I was still right. marveling over that, and I, yeah, yeah, the bulkhead yeah, no. thing went over my head. I, 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 I apologize. Um, so, um, so we leave on Sunday. So very excited about that. Um, Storyline starting to develop for this Super Bowl. Um, Cam Newton spoke yesterday about Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy is going to be one of the bigger storylines, like one of the bigger. That's how, you know, it's the quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy, whoever plays quarterback, is always a big story in the Super Bowl. You know I'm a Cam Newton fan. Um, I want to play this audio from Cam Newton on Brock Purdy. It's not so much where he stack ranks Brock Purdy on the Niners. I can live with that. It's the contention of what Brock Purdy needs to be in order to be labeled a game changer that really feels like it's more about Cam, very passive-aggressively bragging about Cam. Um, Here's Cam Newton on his podcast yesterday on Brock Purdy. I've never said that Brock Purdy was trash. What I did say is Brock Purdy is a game manager. That's not hate. That's just what I feel to be facts. But I still reserve the right to say this. To be labeled a game changer, Brock Purdy has to be the best player on the offensive side of the ball. Hmm. And that's not the case. And who's the best player? Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) Man, look, I ain't recanting And if you really want to just be honest, if you add in the defensive talent and you add in the offensive talent, Brock Purdy is the 10th best player on this team. Okay, cool. Did he have a great game? Yes. Is he been playing out of his mind? Yes. Is he a quarterback that's hot? Yes. Yes. But he's still the 10th best player on his team. So, which I I don't disagree. I think 10th is actually a compliment compared to what other people have been saying about Brock on that team. Yeah. They've got like seven all pros on that team. So I get, I don't know, is it but was he trying to prop himself up or Steve Smith well, Sr. cuz well, he was the best player on Cam Newton's team. So uh right. well, Cam was an MVP one year. Um yeah. yeah, yeah. I I, I uh I, it was it was the part where he said in order in order to be labeled a game changer, Brock Purdy has to be the best player on his team on offense yeah. for the 49ers, which I think is 
is patently absurd. Like that's so there can only be one game changer. Like if if Lamar Jackson all of a sudden got plunked down on a team with Christian McCaffrey, is he no longer a, a game changer? Because Christian McCaffrey is the best player on that team. You know what I mean? Like it's that's just right, a, right, yeah. Like it's got to be the quarterback. It becomes, it's a like to be a game changer, you have to be the MVP of your team, and you have to be and, the quarterback evidently. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or you have to be a you have to be an awesome quarterback on a team that doesn't actually have good receiving yeah. weapons or options. I this is the problem. This is where Cam needs to. I think Cam's getting a little too wrapped up at times, and uh, he's starting to fall into that category of argument where it's you base, you're arguing about the definition of things, and uh, that's the worst place. If you want to be new media, <laughs> yeah. if you want to be better than old Dude. media, don't be the people that are arguing about the meaning of the word valuable um, or or various other things. That's the old media that you're supposed to be better than. Yeah, for all the the people that are just like saying like a hell no ESPN. I don't want to be an ESPN. I'm new media. Don't don't get into arguments about definitions. Dude, what what's the? I have an answer to this question. What's the worst argument about definitions that you? Have been drawn into repeatedly on sports talk radio. I, I like. I, I hate. I hate definition arguments too. So I'm. Yeah, hoping like well, valuable is one of them. That's, a, that, one that's of my them. least favorite one. Yeah. Is like most valuable. Almost always turns into no. It means the most valuable player to his team. Right. No, it means yeah. yeah. Mine was this would always happen with Rich Rich Lord. Yeah. The argument of of bust. What's a bust? Oh, what's a bust? What's a yeah. bust? Yeah, yeah, and it's then you start because you start then you end up arguing with somebody like you both might think Tim Tebow is awful, and yet you can't agree about exactly how to describe him. Yeah, it, describe ha- him. it, it, it happened a lot the first two years. Jadeveon Clowney was on the Texans where oh, he's a bust. Yeah. He's a bust, yeah. and, and it's like, yeah. well, no, he's been injured. But yeah. you know, to me, bust was always a performance thing. Yeah, arguments about definitions, and and oftentimes. You start to realize like 90 or 90 seconds into it, like all we're doing is arguing about a definition right now. This is just, this is silly. It's one of the first things you're supposed to do. And uh, if you're going to have a good faith debate is yeah. like, all right, first let's define the terms. So right. we're on the, so we're actually, we're uh, ideally you're actually progressing towards something that you're going to find some kind of common ground. That's not always the best thing for television or radio, obviously. Uh, but yeah, define the terms. I think the one that's going to get, the one that's going to get, dragged into the into the fray this coming week a lot is game manager <laughs> like Cam yeah, just said with yeah. Brock Purdy with Brock Purdy playing in this game this would be a great year on Radio Row for like Trent Dilfer uh Brad Johnson Bob Greasy uh Jim Plunkett like guys who are like game managers in Super Bowls Jeff Hostetler this would be a great week for them to walk around Radio Row they'd be the most popular people hey Hostetler come here we're having a game manager segment right now. Come sit down. That's going to be the term that gets brought up the most this week. I just, yeah, as far as the designation and where Brock Purdy all fits in, where, and, and especially when you've only got a limited postseason you know, body of work to go on, it's like with every bad performance he has in the postseason it turns into just he was he's, he's nothing but a product of the system yeah. then he has a good comeback performance and everything flips on its head I think that I I think it's fair to say where I am right now is that he, like whether he's a game manager or whether he actually should have been an MVP candidate I think he, he's obviously doing some things with that team that other quarterbacks weren't capable of I doing. agree and and like I think for the San Francisco 49ers that's all that matters for them. It's that you can go, look, you can trade up to number three overall. You can make a trade and, and give a huge contract to a Jimmy Garoppolo. You can do all these things and not find the guy that you actually like or want. I For right now, I mean, Brock Purdy is right. Right now, 
I don't think he's much different than whatever like whatever they thought of Jimmy Garoppolo when they made it to that first Super Bowl, which is okay. All right, he he might be the guy that can he might be the guy that's good enough to take this team to a Super Bowl championship, or he might be the limiting factor. And we just don't know yet. Yep, I think that's a great analogy. I think it's a good comparison. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, on a Thursday, heading out on Sunday to uh, to this to the Super Bowl. We'll be on Radio Row. Thank you to Yingling Flight for bringing us to the big game, for bringing us to Radio Row and uh, Low T Center as well. Um, all right, we have another job that got filled yesterday, so there's one left in the NFL. I'm really glad we don't have to follow this stuff anymore, but would you get to get you up to speed on that? And one more item from Mikoversary yesterday, the anniversary of hiring D'Amico Ryans. I have my Houston Press article from a year ago. Four misconceptions that D'Amico Ryans will put to bed. I, I did this in early February last year. Was he successful, D'Amico Ryans, in putting these four misconceptions about the Texans to bed? That is next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Thursday. Good to be with you. Um, it is good. It is nice. It's nice to be here. We'll get into headlines in the next segment. Rockets lose last night. They follow up their... Big win over the Lakers with a loss at home to the Pelicans. We'll get into that in, in headlines in just a second. There's good news about that loss, but just a, it's a good, it's a good sign tease. that loss. It's a good tease. Yeah. I like it. Um, we'll get to it in a second, um, or in the next segment. Um, so yesterday, we celebrated the first anniversary of uh, D'Amico Ryans being the Texans head coach. January 31st. January 31st, 2023 was the day he was hired. John Lopez celebrated by having a grandchild yesterday. So uh, his his grandchild, Penelope Jan Lopez, will yeah. forever be associated with the hiring of D'Amico Ryans. It's very selfless of his daughter-in-law. To so, wait. <laughs> to, do, to induce labor three, three weeks early. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what happened. <laughs> Lopez ran into their house and said, it must be today. Was, what's the limit on inducing labor just because you've got a busy week ahead? I don't well, know. Well, the doctor, if you go in, you're like, listen. Listen, I got a busy February. Yeah. Can we just do this thing uh, yeah. six weeks early? It's yeah. the strangest thing I'll say, but if we have any OBGYNs out there that can text in, what is the earliest yeah. that you can appropriately induce labor to commemorate something? Um, so I, I was I was Googling yesterday just to see, like, okay, what was I what was I saying and writing 
and others saying and writing back when D'Amico Ryans got hired. And and I, for those who don't know, I write a, a post each day for the Houston Press. And back then, back in early February of 2023, I wrote a piece called Four Misconceptions D'Amico Ryans Should Put to Bed. So here we are a year later. Okay, So I was predicting a year ago, Seth, that there would be four misconceptions that D'Amico Ryans would put to bed. Let's see if I was successful in my predictions, and more importantly, if D'Amico Ryans was successful in squashing these misconceptions. Here we go. Number one, these two coaching trees can't collaborate! Exclamation point. Yeah. Talking about Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans. And I think that that has been put to bed. They would, uh, yeah, and I guess what were the what were the biggest objections to it? Was it more about actual style of defense or the the type of personnel you would go after, or more just the whole attitude in general towards players and whatnot? Here's what I typed. I, I, t- okay. I said this. I said ever since Ryan's name entered the fray for Texans head the Texans head coaching job, there was a presumption amongst even mild cynics that this would be a hire forced on Nick Casario by the McNairs. That Casario would want someone with a Patriots pedigree and the yeah. marrying of the two upbringings, Casario in the Belichick way and Ryan's in the Kubiak-Shanahan way, then it would be awkward at best. If Ryan's press conference last week didn't put that to bed, I'll let Casario himself do that with audio from my show, and I have audio of him. Nick came on with us the following week and said that that, that whole thing was way overblown. Well, I, you know, the one thing about the Patriots way or whatever you want to call it, you know, which I like the, the way the Patriots did business for 20 years – that I don't think they I don't think people usually understand or get how adaptable they were that the Patriots way included a whole lot of different modes of doing business and like I think one thing Belichick has been really good at cuz like Bel- look Belichick's taking it on the chin lately <laughs> poor guys out there without a job he's destitute <laughs> poor guy nobody wants him but I like he for a guy that um I think people have certain thoughts about just how rigid he is in some ways. He was very attuned to trends in the league and and in a lot of ways like okay, how to counter those trends by, you know, when they zag, we zig and vice versa. And that's how he got so many good deals and that's why, you know, by oh, look, slot receiver, nobody gives a damn about slot receiver. We'll we'll go ahead and we'll find the best possible slot receivers there are and turn it into a, a focal point of point of our offense. Tight ends, whatever. Yep. He finds the best bargains and makes it work. And then within the season itself, figuring out what kind of team they have. And I think a lot of that, um, I think whatever Nick Casario learned from that, he's been able to take in working with different coaches here. And and uh, like I don't, I think that for Nick for Nick to look at what's happened to various other people that have left the Patriots organization, for him to think, I don't think there was ever a point of him that thought like, oh yeah, the way to do it is to do everything exactly the same we yeah. did in New England. Yeah. That works just great. Right. <laughs> like I, I just he's a, he's too smart for that. Like and and it's not even a matter of intelligence. It's just a matter of I, I think Nick's able to separate himself somewhat. And and understand look at things objectively. I think he's a naturally curious person too. Who you know what I mean? Yeah. Who like I think he's I think he's really intrigued by other, the, the ways that other teams do things. He brings up Pittsburgh a lot. You know, like he's yeah, I think he's yeah. I think he's genuinely intrigued by that. All right, so that was number one. So I think that's been put to bed. I think the two obviously work very well together. Number two misconceptions that will be put to bed by D'Amico Ryan's. I typed this a year ago. Nick Casario has to be in control on the headset on game day! Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I typed about that. Because Casario was likely giving David Culley advice over the headsets during games in 2021, there's a belief 
that Casario wants it that way for every head coach he works with. The fact of the matter is Cully needed the help from Casario. And I said, honestly, any teenager who plays Madden on a regular basis would have helped Cully as well uh, in game management situations. Again, I'll let Casario address this one with an audio snippet, and I posted audio from the show. Um, Nick's up there on game day in the box. I mean, we see yeah. him in the press box every week, but the the – the you know the I I don't think the involvement is nearly as intrusive and intrusive well, is the no, wrong word as it was with with Cully certainly I yeah because uh, and and I guess this has been less of a topic this year uh, than I thought it might be and maybe part of it was because even with under Lovey you know Nick Nick kind of just followed Lovey's lead in terms of what Nick's involvement was going to be on game day just as just as Nick had described it had been for a long time I it's. I, this is almost like more of a Rorschach test on how you feel about the head coach and everything else because uh, Casario's on the headset in New England and not a single time did anybody ever uh, accuse Nick Casario of pulling all the levers when it came to game day operations. Yeah. It was just something that something that happened and like they, they, he contributed where he could and I think that it's uh, whatever concerns there were about that, I felt like people kind of abandoned them after uh, somewhere during training camp. I think the biggest thing is is that there were very few game management issues this year. Like I think I, I think if it, yeah. if, if, it's, if it's working nobody cares who's on the headset. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. do you, do you care who's making the decisions if the decisions are largely like 95% you agree with them, you know? Yeah, as opposed to like David Cully very early on declined a penalty <laughs> That would have given them an extra opportunity on third right. down so he could punt the football. So he could punt the football yeah, was, to the Browns. Yeah, yeah in week two. He's play, he playing field position in, like, in the first quarter, wasn't it? It, 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 it was, was early, early in the, in the game. game. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. It wasn't like that they happened. had a lead or something. And just, yeah. yeah. Dude, can you imagine, can you imagine if, if he did that and C.J. Stroud was his quarterback? Oh, like he, he did it when I he did it I think that was a game where Terod Taylor got hurt and Davis Mills came in I forget who was yeah. playing quarterback at the time <laughs> can you imagine if a head coach did that and actually had a good quarterback on and his had a team good, right like, right what yeah. are we doing there, there was it was almost like you could understand why he made the decision it was a really crappy like everything was going wrong on that series and if you understood the emotional desire but that's where that's where you're paid to be a head coach I think yeah it's like yeah there is a part of you is just when I was like ah. Ah, yeah. ah, screw it all. Just yep. punt. I don't care. But you got to fight it. You got to fight it. <laughs> all right. This is my third one. Uh, four misconceptions D'Amico Ryans will put to bed. And I, I wrote this a year ago. Um, D'Amico Ryans has issues with the McNairs. It's number mm. three. And I say this. Because D'Amico sued the Texans in NRG Stadium back in the mid-2010s after his second Achilles tear. Um, on that surface. The first was in 2010, and then the second one, he was a Philadelphia Eagle. He wasn't even a Texan. Many thought Ryans would eliminate the Texans from contention before an interview even took place. There was a belief that because the team had been so dysfunctional the last three years that Ryans would have said no thanks before an interview. As it turns out, Ryans is very fond of the McNairs, and the lawsuit has been a non-starter as a topic, and he even addressed this. This one gets kind of put to bed with him even accepting the job in the first place, right? Well, and I, you know, I had seen it framed somewhere, and who knows about just how true, but just for the sake of t- the, you know, the discussion point, I saw it framed somewhere that the, the McNairs didn't know, like that it, didn't, that it wasn't a problem on the part of the McNairs, but they didn't know if D'Amico himself had any kind of resentment or grudge towards the Texans, so that once that was... Once they were assured that that wasn't an issue, they moved forward. So who knows exactly how it went? I do. I will claim victory and vindication over the many times I said, "Listen, everybody." The because the, the, originally what people were saying was that 
people suspected the McNairs themselves uh, wouldn't want a guy that had sued them. I said, listen, a lot of billionaires um, or business people in general are able to separate business from personal feelings, and a lawsuit is just a lawsuit. And because uh, I've been part, I've been a part of those lawsuits before. Yeah, and it's uh, I'm always like, uh, sometimes, sometimes uh, I, nobody set me more at peace uh, over a lawsuit than the people I was suing myself <laughs> because they're kind of like, yeah, it's just business. Let's yeah. go get drunk. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. It's no big deal. That's there's one thing about these people with boatloads of money. They do a good job of separating some of the personal stuff from some of the business yeah. stuff. And that's how they're able to maintain them. Yes. It's a lot easier to stay rich than it is to get rich. They have a Staying very... rich involves sometimes just letting things go. You got to have yeah. a high tolerance for litigation if you're going to be super rich. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. got to just be able to just, okay, it's water under the bridge. Right. We're going to let it go. Yeah. Right. Um, last one. This might have been the one that bothered me the most back a year ago. Remember all the people saying, Seth, how D'Amico Ryans deeply cares that this is a six-year contract for the job, not the normal five-year contract that a coach gets. D'Amico, I had to be assured that this is a six-year contract. Because this is the Texans, and they fired two head coaches in the last two, yeah. well, three in the last three years if you count Bill O'Brien, but two one-and-done coaches in David Culley and Lovey Smith. D'Amico has to get that extra year, and he cares deeply, deeply about that. Um, so he did get the extra year, though, right? He, he did so get the extra year, yeah. It's but become, I like, it's become, His six years become more of the standard, though, anyway. It, it, Mike McDonald signed a six-year deal yesterday. Yeah, There's two other yeah. coaches this cycle that hired a six-year deal, and nobody's saying boo about it. It's just it's a blur. When it was the Texans, it was a, you must have this in the contract because they are going to fire you, and you need to get an extra $10 million to pay for your yeah. family's college tuition and to keep the lights on in your house. Now half the coaches in this coaching cycle get six-year deals, and it's a footnote in the article. So this is uh, – I wonder at some point if the NFL owners are going to have to get together and uh, basically put a cap on coaches' salaries or something. Because I feel like I feel like it's a little bit of a gold rush right now for – I, like teams more and more are realizing like uh, like look at all the uh, coordinators that are being retained with a pay boost like Bobby Sloan yeah. or Gerard Johnson and and it's not collusion because it's a uh, I don't know what what did our listeners say it's a because the NFL it's not an oligarchy it's some word that sounds like oligarchy oh, but because yeah. because the owners are all partners basically oligopoly. there are some things oligopoly. oligopoly oligopoly yeah how'd you remember that I don't know I knew it was all of something yeah Good job thanks. <laughs> So 6.31 in the morning, too. Because it's an oligopoly, yeah. uh, that it's not collusion when they get together and form as long as it doesn't go in the face of the collective bargaining agreement. Right, 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 right. All I, so all what I say is, like, if there's a chance that the oligopoly is going to get together and put a cap on it, start spend even more, Cal and Hannah. Lock, lock yeah. everybody up for 27 years. Yes. Yeah. Let's keep get the band together. Get them all grandfathered in. Yes. Do it. I'm going to spend your money. <laughs> keep the band together, baby. Um... All right, uh, so I think D'Amico Ryan's successful. I'm think we're checking off all four of those boxes. Good job. Um, text message: Why is game manager a negative? Uh, we're talking about um, Brock. yeah, this no, goes, exactly. This goes exactly. back to Brock. Just yeah, real quick. Yeah. This goes back. We were talking about Brock Purdy in the open and Cam Newton audio and Cam talking about Brock being a, a game manager. Yeah, why is game manager a negative? 
That's a, yeah, exactly. Which is, I'd say that that's where I feel like Cam is kind of skating this line where he's saying he's pulling a little bit of a Southern Bell, where he's saying like, I didn't, I didn't even criticize Brock Purdy. All I did was call him a game manager, which I'm uh, basically a saint. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, I don't know, because we usually, typically, a game manager is used. And again, this is why it's dicey when you start getting into arguments over, over definitions more so than players themselves. Because game manager is used as somebody that just does a good job of not turning the ball over, doesn't necessarily create or do a lot on his own. It's, so it gets really, really tricky with Brock Purdy because he's, these are not the numbers of a game manager. No. So like where you start to get into debates is, all right, a guy throws 35 touchdowns, but you're calling him a game manager. The, a game, game managers throw very few touchdowns. They've got a good rushing offense and everything else. And so I think what I think what Cam would say is like, yeah, you've got a game manager dude, but he's in a system and got so much talent around him that yeah. he ends up getting these numbers because my God, look at the explosiveness on uh, on the weapons that they have on that. Yeah, team. those those are all those the football points you make are all good ones. I would add to that and I would say, you know what the big thing that bothers guys who get labeled a game manager? Game managers don't get paid. They don't get paid. They right? don't get yeah. paid. They, they may get paid, but not paid like like the the like the big dogs. You know, it's basically I, like to make an analogy to real life. It might be calling like somebody a middle their middle management or something. You That's know, exactly like, what right. I was thinking when I read it. Okay, guys. Yeah, say, they're not CEO quality. Right, yeah. right. But there's nothing wrong with being a sales manager. You can you know you can do well being a sales manager. Right. Yeah. So he's pegged as the guy that's like never going to elevate beyond a certain point in an organization. He's just he's good. He's yeah. good. He's yeah. all right. Yeah. He'll, he'll never run the company, but he'll but run his not, crew. But he's not genuinely elite. Yep. Exactly. Now, now let's argue about the meaning of elite. I know that is. <laughs> That's another one of the arguments you get into where it's Up just next. an argument about the, the definition of the word. <laughs> what are the most annoying sports arguments that are really just yeah. arguments about a definition of a, a word? About the definition of a word. Valuable, yeah. bust, elite. Text in. Game manager. Game yeah. manager. Yep. 713-572-4610. All right. Let's get to headlines. Rockets lose last night, but maybe a, a little sliver of good news inside of that News item, we get a head coach hire. Travis Kelsey, <laughs> this this Justin Tucker thing is not going away. It's the most fascinating little pregame kerfuffle I can remember. We'll get to that and a whole lot more in headlines, and we do that next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. All right, let's get to the headlines locally here. Big headline from yesterday. The Rockets on the heels of a nice win over the Lakers a couple of nights ago. They follow that up on Hello Kitty night at Toyota Center. 
with Ooh, a. Yeah, I missed Hello Kitty it, night. You missed Hello Kitty nights. Ah, they were they were giving away backpacks. Up. Yeah. What is uh, so is Hello Kitty? Is it a it's a is it a big big thing? Like is that like a like it's huge always now? I, I know it's not like at the fever pitch or anything, but it's a it's an industry obviously yeah, like it's unto a, itself. Big enough right. to be a promotional night with the Rockets. So uh, so there you I go. Gotta get more. I I don't know what's going on in the world, Sean. Yeah, yeah. Our kids are getting Hello older. Kitty that's, last that's part night. of it. Yeah. Hello I don't think I was ever once uh, under. I don't. My kid was never into Hello Kitty. I don't so. know that my daughter was either. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. So, um, at any rate, the Rockets lose one ten to ninety nine to the <clears throat> New Orleans Pelicans last night. The story of this one, I would say, is that um, they threw a lot of bodies at Alperin Shengun. Yes, I don't know if Shengun makes the All Star game, Seth, but he is getting the All Star treatment from teams these days. Where they're, I think they've realized, like Alperin Shengun. Say what you will about the, the the year Fred Van Vliet's been having so far. He's been a nice pickup. Right. Jalen Green has started to do some things here of late. Two 30-point games in a row. That's positive. Alperin Shangun's the head of the snake for the Rockets. The uh, Willie Green, the Pelicans coach, said he's playing at an all-star caliber level this season. They're playing through him, and he's delivering his ability to score in the paint, to make plays in the pocket, and Van Vliet does a great job with pick and rolls, and he's delivered. So he's a handful. Everyone knows it in the NBA. Yep. And uh, that's what the, that's how the Pelicans treated him last night. They, yeah. They're, they're throwing two guys at him all night long. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's like Shang Goon's next step as a player is, you know, figuring out how to handle that even better. But I even on nights like last night where the Rockets couldn't do squat from the perimeter and they were just the, – the, the Pelicans were packing the paint – the the positive I would take from that isn't it, man. Um, like Chengun has to be like they they just can't go out there and play vanilla defense versus the Rockets. You got a player, yeah. You yeah, you, you yeah. got a player, and I think and I think too if you look at last night, you know, yeah, Jalen Green went out and got thirty points again. He was really good in the first half. He had twenty in the first half, and they're losing by seven. And I think that's that to me is kind of the message too is that okay, the Rockets clearly view Alperin Chengun, I think, and Jalen Green as their potential stars on this team. Chengun is a star. Jalen Green has star potential, and I know the Fertitas believe in him a lot. I, I think you look at a game like last night, and and teams are going to go, all right, Jalen, go get your 32 or your 33. If we shut down Shangun, we feel pretty good about things. Because it, when Jalen Green's getting 30 or 35 or whatever it is, he's he's doing it in much more of a vacuum than mm-hmm. when Shangun goes out and gets th- – if Shangun's going out and getting 30, it means there's probably like 12 more open looks other guys are getting when Shangun passes the ball off. Shangun's just a more inclusive player when he's when he's got it going – than than Jalen Green is, you know. Jalen Green is, a, he, you know, he he can be a volume scorer, but I don't know. He's necessarily a guy that makes everybody better out there when he's doing and the that. other. Um, the other big, just the the thing to monitor now in the coming weeks is uh, Udoka uh, is agitating for for a trade of some sort. Yes, this isn't just a playoff team. This is, uh, you know, you uh, I, uh, I I get a bit on. I don't. I don't want to be one of those meek souls that thinks like, "Hey, not right now. You gotta wait off into the future." I, I just you. You just hope that they use discretion and judgment in terms of just how aggressive they get this season. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to sacrifice too much of the future for right now. No, I don't either. Now that said, I mean they've got six first round picks on the team that have all shown yeah. at times to be pretty good yeah. players, and you're not going to be yeah. able to keep all these guys. You know? All right, you're right. I'm being a wimp. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Trade everything. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm not a wimp. Not a wimp. Not a wimp. Just saying, like I, 
I, I agree with what you're saying about using discretion about it. I, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic that if it's the right trade, they've got the assets to get it done. Like yeah. the Rockets could be a team that's very – Raphael Stone should be very high up the list of other general managers who might be looking to unload a veteran uh, to yeah. make phone yeah. calls to. Um, all right, next headline. Let's get to the coaching carousel in the NFL. It's almost, it, it is almost slowed to a stop. There's one job left, and it's the Washington Commanders. The Seattle Seahawks yesterday hire Mike McDonald, the now former defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. Prior to that, he was a defensive coordinator for Jim Harbaugh up at Michigan. Rising star in the coaching ranks, and he now, Seth, becomes the youngest coach in the NFL, not in history, but the youngest currently in the NFL at 36 years old. He displaces Sean McVay, who I guess has been the youngest coach in the NFL since like he was five hired. years. Yeah, <laughs> it's been like that's how young Sean McVay that's was. What a wonderkind he was when he got hired. Sean McVay was so young when he got hired that he almost got Josh McCown a job, basically with the Houston Texans. <laughs> yes. It was a, the Texans were like, "Hey, it worked for Sean McVay. Right. Let's say, is there a seventh grader out there we can bring on? We want the Doogie Howser oh, of coaches up in here. Unbelievable. So uh, yeah, I think uh, they go with another defensive-minded guy. Yeah. The different defensive philosophy. I don't want to say a different defensive philosophy than Pete Carroll, um, but like he's just. Pete Carroll kind of thrived on simplicity in a lot of ways in his defense, whereas Mike McDonald just does a whole lot of different things. Um, but obviously, like, what they do at quarterback moving forward is the big question. Yeah, yeah. Is it Geno Smith? Do they draft one of these guys? They, they're in a spot in the draft. Hey, man, if they want to stay local and they, they be the landing spot for Michael Penix Jr. and he's their new mm. quarterback, that could be kind of fun. The other thing that I've gleaned from this, just in looking over the coaching search stuff yesterday, yeah. we should have been spending more time – uh, looking at the Washington media, Washington DC media, mm. when it regards the uh, the Commanders, I guess there's a there's a whole lot. Of, uh, the people in the Washington Commanders fan base are starting to freak out a little bit and feel like, okay, what's the difference between Dan Snyder and this? Because really? they seem to be. It doesn't seem to be like a. There's no focus in the job search, or it looks. There's the perception that you know guys like Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson are just giving the old stiff arm to Washington and taking themselves out of the race. So, yeah, there uh, not a lot of trust between the uh, uh, at least the most vocal fans in media there and the the new ownership. I bet it's at a fever pitch today if that's the case. That surprises me a little bit. Like that and maybe some of it's sort of the scalded dog thing where they're like, uh, you know, they have a very short leash for whoever's owning the team. Yeah. I I would bet that this Mike McDonald hire by Seattle is probably what's going to really escalate it because I think you could look at the tea leaves, Seth, because McDonald was interviewing for this Washington job and obviously a very good candidate for the Washington yeah. job. I think if you were a Washington optimist, you would say, okay, well, Washington gave indications to Ben Johnson and Bobby Sloak that they weren't getting the job. And that's why they re-upped with their old teams and, and made it look like, yeah, we're coming back and we want to make a run at a Super Bowl. And then the very next thing should be that we're hiring Mike McDonald. You know, and now Mike McDonald gets hired in Seattle. Like, okay, maybe we did, as you put it, get the stiff arm from Bobby Slowick and Ben Johnson because we don't look any closer yeah. to hiring a head coach. You know, let's say hire Aaron Glenn today or something like that. The other, I, I think some of what fueled it was Mike Lombardi went on the Pat McAfee show. Yeah. So this is a big, you know, big platform. And Mike Lombardi, he said something that's true, and yet you got to be careful when you start talking about rumors. Is he says like how come Bill Belichick is rumored to possibly go to all these NFC East teams next year, but Washington's not interested? Yeah. Like, uh, all right. I mean, you're saying like 
rumored to possibly go to teams that didn't fire their current coach for Vin, Bill Belichick right now. It's and like so that's true. the criticism so against true. what the hell are you talking about, that's Mike? Unbelievable. And that's just I would remind everybody that Mike was the one that uh, said that he was hearing that that uh, that. Casario might end up back in New England right, last year. Right, right. So right. I just, yeah, all right, great. So I'm supposed to, if you're the, if you're Washington, you're supposed to operate based off of the rumors of teams that aren't actively firing their coach to hire Bill of Belichick, course. but might be interested in him next year. That's how it works? That you're wasting this golden opportunity <laughs> to not hire this guy that nobody else hired. That's how come it on. works, Seth. Come on. And now. yet, it fueled a whole lot of people. Like, yeah, sure how did. come they're not hiring this guy who's currently unemployed? Yeah. <laughs> let's um, let's get to Travis Kelsey. He was on his podcast, the New Heights podcast, with uh, with uh, his brother Jason Kelsey, and here's Travis Kelsey's point of view on the pregame dust-up with Mahomes, Kelsey, and Baltimore Ravens kicker Justin Tucker when Justin Tucker was warming up on the Kansas City Chiefs side of the field in the midst of the Chiefs' warm-ups. We're warming up, and we do our same warm-up every single time on our side of the field. For those of you that don't know what happens in pregames, the Ravens have their side of the field, and the Chiefs have our side of the field. Now, specialists, because of like the wind factor and yeah, they go to where both you sides are, they get, they get a chance to kick at, at both field goals and kind of punt from both sides of the field. But it's always, if you're, if you're trying to go on to the other team's designated area you kind of stay out of their way you know you you don't you don't interfere with what they have going on that is the unwritten rule that's the unwritten rule if you want to be a f- about it you keep your helmet and your football and your f- kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up and they're yeah. dropping eyes are looking left and they got a, a helmet down by their feet it's actually kind of dangerous really but like if you're not going to pick that up i'll happily move that for you yeah, I've I've moved over. I think you came to this realization earlier this week. I'm all the way over on the Chiefs side of this thing now. Well, yeah, no, because everything they said is true, and, and you know, Pat McAfee obviously as a kicker and punter knows the same thing. Yeah. Um, I and I also think that the way that like Mahomes, to his credit, didn't dive deep in, but just. It said, like, look, this has only happened with the Ravens. We've yeah. never had this issue with anybody but the Ravens. James Palmer said as much that, yeah, I'm willing to set it aside. I'm also, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I've got such conflicted feelings about Travis Kelsey because he still drives me insane. He's an, like, he's a troll on the field and everything. And yet now, also, like, now everything, because every damn thing has to be politicized somehow. Now I, like, find myself incapable of, if I if I dislike Travis Kelsey, then it's got to be because it's politically motivated or something somehow. Right. I, I no, everybody, people are on record as being annoyed by Travis Kelsey, including the Kansas City Chiefs themselves, going back Long way before, before yeah. way before anything, like no other, before yeah. before the vaccines or anything else like that. So yeah. can I, can I please just dislike people for my own reasons? Yes, you can. Instead of instead of having it turn into a, 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 a campaign. Bullet point, don't, my God. Don't let, and, I, and I accuse both sides of the aisle don't on this one. Let both the, sides of the aisle. Don't let the haters affect your hating of others, okay? Oh, Seth? it's turned into like, God help you if you're annoyed at all by any of like the and this is what this is what people don't understand. If you're annoyed at all by the gushing of love over Taylor Swift during the football game, then it's then that bee has become politicized apparently too. Like that that means that you're either this or that. 
Um, like, no, you have to remember, Travis Kelsey has been long considered one of the most annoying people in the NFL, yeah. pre-vaccines or anything else. So anything associated with him has the potential to also be looked at as annoying. Right. That's just how, that's how sports that's works. How it works. The other thing that's annoying me is how people are saying like, well, it's only 0.3% of the, uh, the broadcast. So how could that possibly annoy you? A, because it's attached to Travis Kelsey. B, are we going to pretend that every 0.3% of a football broadcast is equal, is equal to every yeah. other 0.3%? Right. The emotionally charged moments are the ones that affect you the most. Yeah. When you when you recap a football game, you don't say, like, well, we've got three hours here. Let's recap the game. You find the most emotionally charged moments. So let's – can we get – our forefathers did not die uh, on the battlefield – so we couldn't dislike Travis Kelsey for non-political reasons. In the Declaration okay. of Independence, okay? Gosh. It's part of the Bill of Rights. Yeah, um, it was all, yeah, the, you know, the, the, all 20, the... It's the 56th Amendment. That thing that Gerard Depardieu wrote. Exactly. That Thomas Jefferson uh, ended up plagiarizing. Correct. Yeah. With a feather pen, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, There's the Eiffel Tower. 20... <laughs> the top 20 free agents from teams that were in the playoffs... CBSSports.com has the list. And where they may land, this has a very, 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 in my opinion, nice Texans flavor to it. We have that for you next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.